This is the Leapcast, where we talk about how today's current events impact your real life. If you are tired of politics or you are just exhausted from the spin, this show is for you. My name is Andrew Lieb, and every week I host a talk radio show breaking down the news from an independent point of view. We discuss real estate, business, and your health. Hear from the experts and learn the truth on the Leapcast. Personal coach and trusted attorney, Andrew Lieb. Hello there. Hello there. We are on Sunday on the Liebcast right now. Happy Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Although I have to tell you, it is so frustrating if you don't remember to get your flowers in the morning. I go to the place, no flowers. I go to the other place, no flowers. I go to the third place, no flowers. And people tell you to get the flowers in advance for your wife. I got kids. We got to go do that. Show them how to do this. Get it for the mothers. But I don't want to give them wilted flowers. I want to give them live flowers. Like I can't get – flowers aren't the type of thing you get in advance. It's like stale bread. And then people say, oh, you should order them in advance. But I feel like flowers are the type of thing you want to go, I want that one, I want that one, I want that one, I want that. Like I'm very particular. I got to tell you that 1-800-Flowers has definitely caught on to people wanting to order in advance because I tried. And I still had like a $30 fee. Lauren obviously had espresso, if you didn't hear that, because <laughs> they are killing it, this 1-800-Flowers. I don't understand, Lauren, why the Uber people haven't yet been like, they got Uber, they got Uber Eats. Where's Uber Flowers? Well, maybe Uber, Uber Eats will go to the flower shop. I don't know if you saw, I was watching the guy from Uber talking on, oh, I do C-SPAN while I work out in the morning, and he was talking and he, no, is it C-SPAN or CNBC? I don't even remember. One of them, I do squawk bock. Uh, I, I, I would listen. And he was talking about how Uber Eats is like the predominant part of their business. They've been doing, killing it, killing it. So I don't know, like this economy is all in flux and- Lauren Lieb, myself, Andrew Lieb, we, we, we're concerned because on one note, everyone's all positive. The, the information's out there that more people are more optimistic. There's more optimism than you've ever seen before. Like it's – we're going to be like the – after um, – what would they call that, Lauren, in the 20s? What was the 20s? The Roaring The 20s. Roaring 20s. And guess what? We're in the 20s again. So we're back to the roar. But then the jobs report misses. I'm reading a lot of people starting to catch up with me, Lauren. I don't know if you've noticed. Uh, Inman actually put out something this week that apparently everyone else is starting to realize that there's a housing bubble going on. Just so everybody knows, we've se- we've had many segments of the show talking about what happens when the moratoriums are lifted and the economy tanks. And then we have gotten so much pushback from so many people saying, you're wrong. The real estate market is going to be stronger than ever. The moratoriums, meaning the eviction moratorium and the foreclosure moratorium. And we give you data that like Trump put out, Biden put out, Cuomo put out about the amount of people, we've been doing this for a long time, that are in foreclosure. Well, not in foreclosure, they're in forbearance, meaning they haven't paid their loan or are behind on rent. And the numbers in the millions off the charts, off the charts. And 
the real estate keeps going up and up and up and up in value. I read an article that said this is like 2005. I don't know if anyone bought any real estate in 2005. My brother bought real estate in 2005. They were living high. Everything was going up like 20% a year. It was going up, going up, going up, going up. And then 2008 came and they were all <sighs> upside down. And so I actually have a, a construction crew that works with me and the head of the crew the guy that the foreman i guess is the best way to describe him we call him mr tom but mr tom said to me is should i go buy real estate he wants to go get into the game too and i said wait till the bottom falls out and as lauren said everyone keeps fighting with us they keep going i I had a guy who was in charge of real estate reporting for a major newspaper that told me i don't know what i'm talking about people aren't behind on rent and i'm like the government puts out data that millions of people and here's the question making this up why would they need a moratorium if people weren't behind on rents? So there's a lot of confusion this week, and the Liebcast has to address this, and I'll tell you why. On May 5th, New York State had new legislation. It's called S like Senate, 6362, or A like Assembly, 7175A. And what that said is it extended the moratorium on COVID-related residential and commercial evictions and foreclosure proceedings. We're going to get into that. But then like the day after that, there was this case that went everywhere. Everyone's talking about this case, this case that went everywhere. And I don't know if you saw this case, Alabama Association of Realtors v. the United States DHHS, Department of Health and Human Services. And that said that the moratoriums were gone. And then I'm getting these emails from people because there are people that listen to the Liebcast and not these clucks out there that keep saying, buy houses, buy houses, buy houses. What do I keep telling you? What do I keep telling you? If you need to move somewhere, buy a house. If you need to expand your family, buy a house. If you have a reason like a divorce, buy a house. If you have to relocate. Buy a house. But if you're saying to yourself, you know what? The economy is booming. This is my chance to go make money on housing. You are stupid. That's all I can tell you. You stupid, really stupid. We have a book that's in final edits right now that's about to come up out, Lauren. What's it called? It's Purchasing Property Post-Pandemic. And this thing, and it has, what is it? 10, what, what is it? 10 chapters in it with all these different skills to acquire real estate and how to make money post-pandemic. And we're, we're in final, like it's about to be published, about to be published. And the whole concept of the book is as soon as these moratoriums are over, you're going to see the bottom fall out. Because let's imagine that you're on a block and the block is going up, 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 up. And let's imagine that people are feeling richer. I don't know if you saw one of the articles about 2005 in the comparison. They said, hey, this is the most amount of money people are cashing out through refinancing since 2005. You know what that means? It means you buy a house for, let's say, $400,000. Because of this boom, it went up to $500,000. And you say, ooh, I want that $100,000. I can buy new ride-on mower. I can go on a vacation. I can go get myself some new sports memorabilia. I like people want this crap. I can go shopping. And so this is what they do. And they, they say that they want this stuff. And so what they do is they cash out the hundred thousand. And then they get the hundred thousand. But then what happens when the house goes back from five hundred back to four fifty? Now they're underwater fifty thousand bucks. 
And that's how the whole crisis occurs. I just want you to know that when people are living with fake money, that's what they're doing. They're they're eating the appreciation. Like, have you ever heard Warren Buffett explain that you don't buy a stock based on it going up and down on the day? He always says, buy it for the long haul. Like, if my stocks go down 5% today, it's not that I lost 5, 5%. And if my stocks go up tomorrow 10%, it's not that I made 10% or net 5%. What it is is I still own the stock, and until I cash out, I made nothing. I own an asset class. You don't gain or lose money from appreciation or depreciation until you cash out. And what happens is you got to realize that things go in – Ups and downs and waves. That's if you look at charts, that's how they go. Waves, ups and downs and waves. And if you you want to sell at the peak, the top, the highest, the highest, the highest, and you want to buy at the lowest, the lowest, the lowest. But you don't want to cash out at the highest and still own the asset class because that's if you do that, if you cash out at the highest and still own the asset class, basically what you've done is you've reset yourself if you spend the money to now be buying at the high. So the only opportunity is to then sell at the low. Unless you go and rent. What do you mean? Unless you go and rent. I, no, 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 no. That's not what I just said, Lauren. I didn't say if you go rent. I said, we're talking about refinancing cash outs. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to rent. You're assuming a sale again. You're not listening to what I'm saying. Let's do it one more time. Right now, if you were to sell your house at the high, you're gravy. I agree with Lauren. Yeah. And you go rent. That's not what I said, though. But that's what people are thinking. No, that's not what we're talking about. What we're saying is that since 2005, what I just said is that this is the highest amount of refinance cash outs. That's what they're reporting everywhere. Yes. A refinance cash out, you maintain owning the property. You just refinance to pull your equity out. That's what we're talking about right now, which is creating the bubble, which is going to make the housing crash. Why is it going to make the housing crash? Because again, if Lauren, to Lauren's point, you sell and then you rent. Great. You did killer. That's brilliant. But if instead you stay owning the house and you go, ooh, it was 400. Now it's 500. Let's refinance. Take that 100. Spend it to go to Jamaica. Spend it to buy diamonds. Spend it to buy new clothes. Spend it to live. Don't live high um, tight. Live high on the hog. But then you keep owning that house. What you did is you artificially made yourself buy the house at the high, and the only way that to go down from there is to go down, and then you become upside down on your asset class. When you go upside down on your asset class, you're asking to be upside down, which means that your house is going to end up being worth less than the amount you owe your mortgage company. That's called being underwater. When you're underwater, you become demotivated to pay your mortgage. When you become demotivated to pay your mortgage, you get foreclosed on. That's just what the cycle happened in 2008. And this doesn't include all of the people now who are not paying their mortgage. So think about- The millions. The, yeah. the I think it was one out of nine people are not paying their mortgage right now. There was some statistic that I read. And then on top, when the bubble bursts, all of those people who refinanced that their property is going to be worth less than what they refinanced for, the numbers are just going to create- So we can be going into this more and more, and there is going to be an opportunity- to purchase property post-pandemic. And that's why we wrote the book with 10 skills to negotiate great deals. It's going to be coming out very soon. But for now, I want to know the timing of when this is going to happen. And I, I get questions like this, this gal Donna on LinkedIn. She emails me. Well, she LinkedIn message, I think. Hey, Andrew, quick question. 
with Cuomo signing extension to the moratorium regarding rents and evictions and the federal judge just judge lifting it, which is valid. I thought federal Trump state. That's what she writes me. I get these things all the time. And it's interesting. I just want to tell you. Because six prior federal courts have already addressed this issue. For some reason, only this new federal court becomes an order that's all over the news. But regardless, here's the issue again. New York State just extended their moratoriums, which means that the bottom's not going to fall out in New York State yet. They extended the moratoriums from what was previously expiring May 1st to August 31st. But then a federal judge said the moratoriums which were supposed to expire on June 30th, different moratorium from the CDC, now are invalid. So what I did is I brought my colleague, Leslie Mendoza, who does landlord-tenant practice in my law firm, and I said, Leslie, Donna needs to know. Leslie, Donna needs to know. Leslie, tell us what Donna needs to know. So for New York State, like you said, the moratorium has been extended to August 31st of 2021, but that only applies to tenants who serve a hardship declaration to the court or to their landlord. What that means is they have to sign an affidavit that says they're suffering some kind of financial hardship or that they're having a hard time finding another permanent place to live based off of their um, age, their illness or underlying illness or whatsoever. But Leslie, they um, can do that. They can do that not just before the foreclosure, not just during the foreclosure, but when the sheriff is already being ordered, when there's already an order for the sheriff to come kick him out, they can still sign that affidavit. True? True. That's true. So here's what I want to know, though. That's the New York one. But I heard and this is what Donna wants to know. There's a federal case, Alabama Association of Realtors, the U.S. De- Department of Health and Human Services, which, by the way, is in charge of CDC. And CDC took over after the CARES Act expired with their CARES Act 120-day moratorium. CDC issued a moratorium that was through June 30th, 2021. As Donna said, I thought federal Trump state. What's the deal, Leslie Mendoza? So what the CDC did was they had their own declaration. Um, That declaration is the tenant provides it to the landlord that prohibits the landlord from starting an eviction action against them. And that was set to expire on June 30, 2021. Um, the case, the Alabama Association of Realtors case, what that, what the judge in that case did was the, what she was, she struck that eviction moratorium down. Um, that was because he, she held that the, the department of health did not have, um, the authority, according to statute, to even impose an eviction moratorium. Okay, so she shuts that down. But so there's no more CDC moratorium. Is that true? Or because I read a press release by the Department of Justice on May 5th, on May 5th. And here's what the press release says. There's the headline. Justice Department issues statement announcing decision to appeal Alabama Association of Realtors v. HHS. It says, for immediate release, so I'm going to release it. Brian M. Boynton, Acting Assistant Attorney General for the Justice Department Civil Division, released the following statement. The CDC's eviction moratorium, which Congress extended last December and CDC later extended through June 30th, 2021, protects many renters who cannot make their monthly payments due to job loss 
or healthcare expenses. Scientific evidence shows that evictions exacerbate the spread of COVID-19, which has already killed more than half a million Americans. Blah, 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 blah. The department has already filed a notice of appeal of the decision and intends to seek an emergency stay of the order pending appeal. So, Leslie, is that telling me, assuming the department gets this stay, that just on the CDC one, this judge didn't do bupkis? So not necessarily because the New York State, um, for New York State at least, the New York State laws would still apply to evictions. Um, when you start an eviction, you'd have to go through landlord-tenant court. Uh, I'm, I'm a little confused. Maybe maybe we're on a different pages. So what I'm reading, and maybe you'll help me out because you, you're the brain. I, like, have you met Pinky? This is the brain. Here's what I learned. Here's what it says. At least 43 states, this is what the Alabama case says, Alabama Association of Realtors, at least 43 states, and you're saying New York's one of them, and the District of Columbia have imposed state-based eviction moratoriums at some point during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, most of them, a lot of them, have expired or are set to expire. The New York one was going to expire. It actually did expire on May 1st. And then four days later, they resuscitated it. So what you're first telling me, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Leslie, is that in New York, Assuming you qualify under the New York one, you have parallel laws in federal doesn't trump state, and they're two separate laws. So if you're in any of these 43 states, if they still have a moratorium, this federal thing has nothing to do with your state moratorium. Is that a correct statement? Correct. Next question. The federal one. Let's assume that you're in a four, one of the 43 states where it expired already. Let's assume that you don't have a moratorium in your state. You're in one of the remaining states. And you were relying on the CDC moratorium, which, by the way, for it to be effective, you had to have less than $99,000 in annual income. There was like all sorts of jibber-jabber. It didn't apply to everyone. Just so we're on the same page, the court makes it sound like this is a across-the-board moratorium. It was much more broad than the CARES Act. But the federal moratorium, it didn't run and trump. And she said, I thought federal Trump state, that's what this Donna gal said, because she's talking about a legal concept called preemption. But usually preemption doesn't apply when we're doing what's called a protective statute. For example, discrimination. What they say in these protective statutes, they say the federal law is the floor under which states and locales cannot fall. States and locales can always add more protections. So what you're saying to me is that, number one, if you're in a state that has their own moratorium, just correct me if I'm wrong. You still got a moratorium. And on the federal one, assuming the Justice Department gets this stay on the effectiveness of this district court judge, a district court judge, as you know, is the lowest in the federal level. It goes district court, circuit court, then Supreme Court. So we don't have a appellate division court that's ruled yet, Leslie. And assuming that she gets, they get the stay, the Department of Justice, which is looking likely, then the federal moratorium is still applicable. So- in New York, for example, there would be two moratoriums still applicable. Is that correct? Correct. But again, the state law on the evictions in New York State would still trump the federal eviction moratorium. When you say trump, though, they would it would it would not trump the federal eviction moratorium. It would trump the court case that says the federal moratorium's invalid. Is that correct? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. So. 
both moratoriums. So like if I go to court and I'm a tenant and I say, hey, judge, I don't qualify for the state moratorium for whatever reason, but I do qualify for the CDC moratorium. And to the extent that there is still in effect because there's a stay and that stay is going to likely happen, I would still be able to use either moratorium in New York State as a tenant. Is that correct? Correct. So what I'm getting out of today, Lauren, and you correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm trying to make sure I'm getting this, Lauren, because the Bryn Elliott team at Douglas Elliman Real Estate, who's underwriting a segment, asked us to make this clear. As of right now in New York State, there's going to be a moratorium till at least in New York State, the bottom's not going to fall out. It's not going to be time to be an investor until at least August 31st and probably some time after because evictions take two months, three months, four months, six months, seven months. They're going to take longer after the moratoriums are over because there's a backlog of cases. And then federally, wherever I'm an investor, wherever I'm an investor, assuming, and we'll update you on our blog, blog blog.libetlaw.com, we're going to update you that the Justice Department, if they get the stay federally, then there's going to be no fallout federally until at least June 30th. So we're going to be living in this bubble real estate economy where it's going to be a good time to feel rich. But listen to the Liebcast and don't cash out refinance, live high on the hog because you're going to be my prey when I start investing after the bottom falls out. This is the Liebcast. We'll be right back with our next segment discussing 1031 exchanges and Biden's proposal to strip away all these tax savings in real estate. We have a great guest, Mike Brady. Stick with us. Find us on social media at Listen to Leave or visit listentolieb.com.